let me just kind of set the mood a little bit here. Something that you didn't know if it was going to happen or not. Maybe it'd be like a low-level reliever, and they still could, but you got a little something flair happening for the Milwaukee Brewers. Carlos Santana is now a Milwaukee Brewer, and it feels oh so smooth. Announce Rob Thomas now, you cowards. Rowdy, Carlos Santana, I remember you... uh, uh, we had a, a, some pain. Was it pain in the Razor's Edge due to Carlos Santana? Against the Brewers. Yeah. Oh, I was at that game. It was the oh, walk-off. That yeah. uh, so that's, you got firsthand sight of Carlos that, Santana. That's when uh, um, Matt Bush came into the game. Oh, and I, oh this is got DFA'd. Yeah, and I looked at uh, my brother-in-law, and he's like, well, this is done. I go, no, he's just coming back for the first time ever. You guys are going to win this. He goes, okay. And I'm like, but you are. And he goes, we're Pirates fans. We know we're going to lose. Just, and, and then all that happened. I was like, told you. Pirates fans were not happy yesterday on Twitter from uh, from what I could understand. No, uh, big locker room guy. Uh, they're not happy that he is leaving. They, the two Whoa. that you couldn't touch to them were Kutch and Santana. The funniest thing that I kept reading in, because I went to multiple, uh, you know, big J's that tweeted this out and just read the comments. A lot of Pirates fans upset they didn't get a top 30 prospect and upset that the prospect they did get was middle infield because I guess their um, their farm system has a lot of middle infielders. <laughs> yeah, I, I was looking at a bunch of the, uh, the, you know, the replies on tweets and so many Pirates fans are like, what are you doing? I was here. Pirates giving away, sadly, one of their best players to a division rival. Are the, are the Pirates a rival of the Brewers? I know they're in the division, but I mean, interdivision, yeah. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say big rival. I mean, were you surprised though? It was an interdivision trade? Pirates, for the most part, um, since the Brewers have become, we'll just say since 2008, since the CC Sabathia trade, Brewers have dominated the Pirates. Yeah, here, here's a, a outside Pirates of fan. a couple of years. He's been a fan of the Pirates sadly my whole life. This season may finally push me out of baseball for a while, or at least maybe to look in, to adopt a new team. Any Bucks fans want to talk to me off? Uh, talk me off the ledge. <laughs> That was like the uh, vibe of all Pirates Twitter yesterday. Is like, I can't do this anymore. Now, John, the Pirates' biggest rival is their owner. Sorry, Rudy. Johnny Severino, the guy that they traded, not a top 30 prospect, so he's not on any of the you know MLB pipeline 100. I did see he was a top 30 international pickup yeah. from last year, though, right? He, he was a more coveted international signing. So, I mean, he's technically there, not on your that. list, but that? it's it's not like the Which Pirates nice. got some highly coveted player where it was like he's going to be major league ready here shortly. Yeah, it's he be was a while. an extremely young player, uh for, again, international signee. People liked him. He got a a decent amount of money in the signing period. Yeah. But he wasn't a top 30, and he's not going to be there anytime soon. He's not a Jackson Cheerio. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that maybe he becomes something. But it's also going to be years down the road. Like we're talking about when you talk about an international signee, they can potentially be 16 years old. Yeah. Now he's yeah. he's older than that. But didn't the Brewers get one? Of, didn't the Brewers <laughs> exactly. get one? So yeah. he was seven. Hey, he was 17 when they got him. Hey, didn't, so. didn't the Brewers get one like two years ago? And we couldn't even find a picture of the guy. Yeah. yeah. And he was born in like 2004. Yeah. yeah. And we couldn't even find a single picture of His the kid. He didn't own a camera, dude. Which is crazy because he's a generation zero. You think it'd be all over was, the internet? It, it was. He was born in two thousand four, and this was like two-ish. Was it at least two years ago? Yeah, was, I think like, it was two years ago. And we're like, we can't even find a single thing about this kid. It was like he had pitched in like one game of like a like winter Venezuelan league. <laughs> yeah. It was like. <laughs> I don't even remember his, this guy. I don't even remember his name. But uh, Carlos Santana on a one-year six point seven two five million dollar deal will serve as a rental uh, for the Brewers in need of a you know obviously a first baseman. Oh yeah, and if you think about Carlos Santana now, it's this goes the team right now is better than it was after. Before. It's better now than it was before this trade. Yeah, and you look at Santana. You didn't have to again. You didn't have to give up a ton. It's it's a rental. It's the rest of the year. But you got a guy that originally a catcher, so in a pinch, kind of like uh, Carantini, mm-hmm. maybe could go behind the plate. But if you're really looking at what he's done recently, he's 
uh, analytics wise, one of the best defensive catcher, or sorry, one of the best defensive first basemen in the league this year. So you're automatically getting an upgrade at first base because you think about the Brewers' options at first base. Rowdy Telez is a pretty average first baseman defensively. Yeah. Uh, if you were going to ever use Keston here or there, <laughs> that's obviously happening. that's not, that's it's a not below happening. average defensive player. If you're going to use. Insert any other guy like an Owen Miller or or some guy that has versatility like a Victor Carantini. At best, it's about average defense. So really, your defense at first base has been average. It's now going to be one of the best defensive first basemen. And he's obviously, obviously, he's also going to be a guy that could DH. He's been a DH before. He's played in the AL. Could be a clubhouse guy, too. He's 37 years old for this young crew. Yeah. And you look at it, it's the fact that he's a left-handed, well, I should say, he's a switch hitter, but a left-handed, more of his power comes from the left side, which is where they could desperately use it from. And it's a power bat, which, especially if you can hit from the left side with a little bit of pop, that always plays up at American Family Field with the Milwaukee Brewers. Again, I'm not ready to say that the Brewers are now World Series or bust after this move, but the team is better today than it was yesterday. And the last time the Brewers saw Carlos Santana. Santana clicks one deep right. It is gone. RJ was there. I was there. Pain hung my head after Pain. that one. Pain. But then we came back and won the next day. <laughs> but the like the other thing with Santana, I fully expect him to come in and play first base because he is your best defensive first baseman. And then when you think about it, who are the guys they're trying to get going? Rowdy Telez. Yeah. And I know right now he's got the fractured finger and he's got the <laughs> the stitches. But at some point, hey, stitches came out. Yeah, at some point he's going to be back here, and it's going to be relatively soon. Maybe, maybe just having Rowdy Telez focus on hitting and making him a DH, it it gets him out of yeah. this funk that he's been in pretty much since May. This Fred funk? <laughs> I'm in a Fred funk I'd right now. I'd say it was a bad hairdo day, but he really doesn't have any hair. No. Uh, so that walk-off homer I just played was a highlight of a hot streak for Santana, who played a, a big role in helping the Pirates rebound from 12 losses in 13 games uh, by winning four straight at the end of June. He had a home run, two doubles, and went 10 for 18 in those four wins. Mm-hmm. So this guy has the ability to have a hot bat, something the Brewers desperately need for sure. And I, he's hitting like 266 since the calendar turned to June. Yeah, he's he's been hitting since we got into the... Summer months, the mm-hmm. true summer months, he's been pretty hot. Oh, G Man Choi is likely to serve as the Pirates' first baseman yeah. in Santana's absence. Yeah. I'm G Man. I he, forgot about he him. He came back though. I think he came back about two or three weeks ago, and he was DH yeah. for G Man Choi. I love you, G Man Choi. I have your baseball card in my office. You do. But yeah. I think overall, when you look panda. at the the Brewers, it's an upgrade defensively. He gives you a little bit of name? pop. He's got versatility. <laughs> It's not a it's it's a move that made you better. Like the the Brewers are better. Maybe a little. <laughs> yeah, the Brewers are definitely better now. But I but I do find it interesting cuz this does feel like it was a it was a low cost move. Like they they gave up Johnny Severino low who cost, wasn't I wouldn't say high reward. I feel like he's in he, the he Arizona league right now, right? Who? Severino? Yeah, I mean I mean well he does he ever project? Who knows? But it's not like he was one of your coveted guys yeah. in your system that you knew was chopping at the bit. And like I said, like when this happened, get a text from the brother in law. Who's the shortstop we're getting? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I honestly, I don't well, that's know. the thing. It's like a lot of these young guys that, that are good international signees. Well, I'll say since David Stearns took over, they've actually done a really good job with mm-hmm. international signees, whether they get them for cheaper than expected or whether they've actually stockpiled some talent doing it. Yeah. But the other thing is you miss a lot on it. It's yeah. just like everything else in baseball in the draft. And you're signing some of these kids at 16, 17. You never end up hearing about them because by 20 and 21, they're not good. You know what I mean? They're playing like, for the milkmen. Exactly. So it's not it's not your biggest international signee and it's not a top 30 prospect and it's not a guy that has already touched the big leagues or is close. Yeah, I like the move overall. Mm -hmm. It's one that you're not going to get an argument from me. And I think it's one that fits the Brewers mold pretty well. You didn't have to give much up. You got a rental and a guy that would improve your team. You didn't sell. 
and you yeah you didn't yeah. you didn't affect your future and you made this team better and for the fans perspective you didn't punt yet yeah now I'm saying yet because there's still time right well I mean I was well you guys a little shocked and surprised the Brewers did this no I was I thought just a relief pitcher and then it would be well, it I'm kind of glad it was also a first baseman yeah. My um, thinking was, I think they go and grab an arm or two, and maybe they would get like that kind of utility player, older veteran player. This would kind of fit that. I would say I, he's somewhat of a versatile player. In theory, he probably could catch, and then first base DH. Yeah, we got a, a little I, rental for. Him I think I saw a tweet from Adam McAlvey talking about how uh, the players reached out to him and they were pumped to have this guy coming into the clubhouse. Yeah. So it's like, hey, you already did something better than you guys did last year. <laughs> ah, the players signed off or like, yeah, we'll take that. Hey, I would uh, he he reminds me like he could be a Jerry Harrison Jr. type ad from back in the day where he came in, he was kind of playing decent baseball, but he can play all over, old vet. Yeah. And he came in and, and played quite well for the Brewers down the stretch. That's the type of move it felt like. This isn't a blockbuster. No, but it's, mm-hmm. you're better than you were than yesterday. But you didn't have to give up any of the prized prospects. Love it. All right, let's go to the phones. Line one. Good morning. Who's this? Mike Portis. Oh, Michael. Good morning, Mike. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I, I am so <laughs> sorry. I I am totally jacked about this trade, and I think it's gonna it's bigger than we're you know than we're saying. I Rowdy, me and Rowdy were texting last night, and oh, he had, oh, said, "How look and see how the Brewers are gonna do in the next five days." I think this trade, this guy coming in, is gonna fire up the team. Yeah, they're yeah, gonna yeah. move up a notch, and we're gonna win the series versus. The Braves. Hell yeah, in Atlanta. Let's go. We're going to sweep the net for sure. Is it because Craig Council is a leader of men? Um, oh. I'm not going to say that. But, oh, okay. Uh, oh, okay. But <laughs> it's the town thing. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> moving, moving forward, though, too, as long as the Brewers don't do some stupid trade like last year and get rid of you know, our best player on the team, the Brewers, I would say right now, are a for sure contender to make it to the NLCS. Oh, baby! Ooh. I'll take that. Say the World this, Series might get greedy. Let's go. Let's go. Absolutely not. They're not. <laughs> There's only <laughs> one thing left. It's an effort Friday. Come on, just say it. You know you I won. never know what you expect out of them. They have air conditioners to pay for. So. That's true. That's true. I'll, I'll say this, Mike, to this your point about the, the NLCS. If you're looking around, you probably would say that right now the Braves are, well, they are the best team in baseball, but they're the best team in the NL. And you look around the rest of the league, it's like, okay, Dodgers are probably the second best, but they definitely have bullpen issues on the back end of their bullpen. And then is Arizona for real? I don't know. San Diego probably not going to make the play playoffs after all the offseason no. moves they've made. It, you know, no. Reds or Brewers <laughs> and are the Phillies for real? I, are the Marlins for real? It feels like you have the Braves clear cut number one Dodgers with a bad bullpen number two. So I could see where the Brewers, to your point, maybe if they get healthy and, and they get hot, could sneak in there in an NLCS. I, I could maybe see that. What hat you what hat you wearing this weekend? Braves or Brewers? No, Nelson. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna change it up. I'm, on you. I'm gonna wear the uh, the Utica hat. Oh, the Utica Ooh. Ooh. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah, Mike. I want you to have a fantastic weekend, USOB. Oh, I will. I'm gonna hit up some. Uh, I'm gonna go to a rodeo tonight and check oh, that out. Rodeo. Time, so. Are yeah, you gonna be in the rodeo, or are you just gonna be watching the rodeo? No, I don't want to get any horns up the rear end. Oh. You know what I mean? Oh, well, are you scared he might like it? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you the man. Have fun at the rodeo, man. All right, see you guys. See you, buddy. <laughs> uh, line two, good morning. This is affirmative action, Pete. Oh, my guy, affirmative action, Pete. What's up, Pete? I, you know, the, that move yesterday just blew me away that the Brewers made. That that was terrific. And I tell you, I now I can say that I've seen Carlos Santana uh, perform at Summerfest and in Pittsburgh. <laughs> you know, I was just in Pittsburgh last yeah, month. Yeah, you were there and, for and, was. Yeah, he was he was hot that weekend. Hit a home. You know, he and I was. You know, and 
I mean, my uh, uh, senior brain didn't remember him when, from when he was real good with Cleveland. I said, who is that guy? You know, I mean, I knew he played guitar, but I didn't. <laughs> I said, wow. So I agree with that last caller. They could, they could possibly get past the, the Dodge. Well, I, they're not going to get past the Dodgers in Atlanta, but they might be able to get to, they might be able to get to the NLCS. Ooh. That, that was a terrific move. Look at what this and, uh, and, move has made. Everyone's getting inspired now. Yeah. Talking NLCS. Oh, it really, oh, yeah. really. I'm not. Sar- yeah. I am not being sarcastic. That that literally knocked it out of the park. I'd say that that move was really smooth. You know. Oh, yeah. And now that we got a black magic woman, <laughs> and I'm a soul survivor. And Pete, Oye guess what? Com- We're correcting the evil ways of Market Anazi right now. That's right. Oye como va? <laughs> oh, I had that song queued up, ready to go, Pete. Yes. Oh, I got one more thing to say before I go. I, I I was listening to Grant's show last night. <laughs> it was the best ever. And 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 uh, I think it was, well, I, I'm sure they'll probably make a pilot out of it, but they were playing a game called Dead or Alive. You know, with, you know, name a celebrity and try to guess oh, if they were dead or alive. Or alive. Yeah, and it went on and on and on. And I mean, I felt, I was like, it was just like, I was, felt like I was on crack. I said, more, <laughs> more, more, more dead or alive. You know, what a, what a show. I, that was, well, is this that sarcasm, was, Pete? This sounds a little more sarcastic than the. That was quintessential. Uh, talk sports talk radio, dead or alive. So I want to ask you, Jane Fonda, dead or alive? She's alive, alive. and she's protesting War- climate change. Warren Beatty, dead or alive? Alive. Uh, <laughs> Shirley MacLaine, dead or alive? Alive. Is she? Oh, okay. See, see how addictive that is. That's that's talk radio. Shirley so MacLaine. Oh, she radio. is alive. Yeah, yes, eighty nine years old. Boop, Damn, boop. I thought she was dead. That's Warren Beatty's yeah, sister. Yeah, that's why. She and Warren Beatty, you know, they're they're both alive. They're both <laughs> they're both alive and well. Cat <laughs> yeah. So anyway, no, I'm really I'm really pumped about the Brewers. I mean, they, you know, he's cheap and he can still hit. He's got he's got a stronger pulse than anybody else that they put out there. And, you know, and and I I think they're going to win the division. Pete, 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 Dick Van Dyke, alive or dead? Oh, he's alive. He's 97. Bob, He'll be 98 this Bob year. Bob Barker, alive or dead? He's alive. He's almost 100. I think Bob Barker's either 99 or 100. Yeah, he's 99. He met Charlie once. Many times. They uh, have the same see. birthday. It's just one day off. I'm trying to think of some other. Uh, let's see here. I'm struggling with my old timers. Uh, they are all old timers too. I mean, you know, they're all they're like 20 years older than me, and I'm old. <laughs> I'm trying to no, think but see it. how see how addictive that is. I mean, I don't think it's just for radio. I think that it could be a fill-in while the strike is on on television. You know, it could follow uh, uh, Price is Right on on uh, nighttime. Dead or Alive. John Stamos, dead or alive? Oh, he's alive. His career's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, you're, you're a legend. I love you. Oh, Bob, but they ask about Bob Sackett and the guy when, you know, he was so, oh, oh he's yes, dead. he's. Yeah. He's yeah, and he was really sad about that. Yeah. But, oh, uh, Mary Poppins, uh, Julie Andrews. She's alive. Okay, all right. Is she? Is she? Yeah. Get those people in their 80s, 90s. Julian, oh, she's 87, alive and well. Yeah. Hey, Pete. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Como va? Yeah, I, I'm not kidding. When you said that, I already had the song ready to go, Pete. Great mindset. All right. Hey, you have a great weekend. Take week it easy. Man. See you, buddy. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to add for, like, the statistics and analytic nerds out there, when you talk about Carlos Santana, I, no, forgot, I forgot that at the beginning of the year, there was uh, it was something with like a model where they threw it in there and it was with the new baseball rules with the bigger bases and the lack of shifts and you know the pitching rules Carlos Santana was actually one of five players that made their top five list for guys that these new rules would help out oh really and he's had a pretty darn good year this year nice oh yeah so it's, it's interesting that he wound up on that top five analytic list for the new rules to help, and he's having a good year, and the Pirates are able to uh, get rid of him and get something for him. Let's go, baby. Hell yeah. Barbara Walters. Alive or dead? She just died. I'm waiting. Forner. This is Forner, correct? Thank you for not being a xenophobe. This is Forner. You were correct. <laughs> and I've been waiting. 
for a handsome gambler man like you, Dave Essler. Good morning, David. Good morning, Eva. How are you? Dude, I am on cloud F and nine. Uh, the coffee is flowing. I got my good buddies uh, Nelly and RJ in. Carlos Santana is now a Milwaukee Brewer, and I know you love the classic rock, Dave, just as I do. Carlos Santana, Milwaukee Brewer. Uh, it's just the razor's edge. Rowdy's gambling is in fuego. Uh, more importantly, though, I got you on the line. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. We're broadcasting live from the Hampton Inn in Savannah, Georgia today. Oh, what, what takes you to Georgia? Um... My wife's family, and this afternoon or this morning, I will drive up another hour and see my mother, oh, and I will drive drive back to sunny Florida tomorrow. Man, a nice family day today, Dave. What better way on a Friday to spend it with your in-laws and then your mother? You know, a boy's best well, friend of his, mo- is his know, mother. We could, we, could, we could spend a whole podcast talking about the ups and downs of that. But, <laughs> you know. Hopefully more ups than downs, David. Uh, Dave. Thank you, yeah, I just want to jump right into it because you know you're such a beautiful, brilliant mind of gambling that you got on you. Know, winners take podcasts, a new one coming out later today. Pregame.com, you're absolutely crushing. What do you got? A little tasty little nugget in Major League Baseball for me, or maybe a couple oh, tasty no, nuggets. A couple tasty nuggets. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I think your bailout game today is the Dodgers and the Reds under um, Williamson for the Reds can be had, but. The Dodgers are not ideal against left-handed pitching, and uh, Miller is elite. So I can get an under nine and a half. I'll be betting that one. Rowdy gave you um, a look when you said that, Dave. His eyes, uh, his eyes moved the weird way. No, that was that was just because this morning we gave out. I actually gave out the Dodgers Reds first five to go under. Ooh. I don't want to play with the Dodgers pen. Mm. Okay. Well, we kind of, we kind of, we kind of. What else did you give out? You've been winning. I don't want to take the other side. Uh, the other one that I gave out for a game, we actually went with the Nats Mets first five under the total. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, definitely. Yeah, I might more think the Washington team total, but. Yeah, I'll do that. All right, I I I I, I sign that one. I, I like Toronto. They're going to hammer the Angels. I mean, the Angels have been hot. And it's difficult to bet against momentum, but Lucas Giolito. I don't know. I mean, I, I get that the Angels are buyers, and and they probably should be, but Giolito uh, isn't the one that we we used to know. Uh, and and Gaussman, I think, steps up. I also like the over in that game. The market likes the under. I disagree, especially if the roof's open in Toronto, which I suspect it will be. Um, another game that is kind of against the grain. Oh, 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 on big, oh, oh. big bets are big bets. Just silenced them. Oh God. I don't oh, know what all happened bets there. Off, uh, intercepted that well, big 1-800 all bets off. <laughs> Just got Dave, or or he said, you know, against the grain, with the grain, big with the grain, got him. Um, no, no, no. You want to text him? Tell him to call yeah. back. All right, cool. Rowdy, Rowdy, on it. Yeah, uh, I'll get with the grain, big with the grain. Got, got Dave because he was going against the grain. All right, Dave. Um, let's see if you're, uh, you know, uh, following Dave's picks. Again, a new Razors or a new Winner's Take podcast with Rowdy coming out here. Uh, probably around what, Rowdy? Two, one o'clock, two o'clock, somewhere around there. The Rowdy gets that podcast out after him and Dave absolutely crush it. Razor's Edge coming up at eight fifty as well, and uh, Rowdy's got a bunch of ones in the in the fire. Three M Open. Rowdy is uh, anyone anyone looking good for your three M Open right uh, now? Hideki Matsuyama was oh. one that we had in the top ten. Hideki, he finished uh, tied for second at seven under. That's Ooh. that's our best one. We got a lot of guys that are going to be right around the cut line. So uh, big big day at the three M Open for the Razor's Edge. Let's effing go. Um, so, boys, before as we work on getting Dave back on, um, I'm curious. To, I'm going to ask him about some WNBA picks because we were, we were absolutely hot in WNBA. Dave did give one out last week, uh, but the juice just wasn't worth it, right, Rowdy? It was like, uh, yeah, I, it was thirty six. You had thirty six bucks. You have rung up here, yeah. and you would have won like seven dollars yeah, off. I don't want to risk, so I, risk it for that biscuit. Nah. Dave, is that you again, David? Well, I don't know. You said you're going to go against the grain. Then we're uh, uh, assuming that the people with the grain hung up on you because they didn't want that information out. You said, I'm going against the grain, and then all of a sudden, cut off. Well, I don't even know what game that was. Works out perfectly. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, 
I'm surprised you didn't hit me up for WNBA yet. But. I literally was just going to ask you about it, Dave. I'm, I was just yeah. setting the table. Give me a WNBA pick. I have got the fever, and the only prescription is more WNBA picks. <laughs> oh, I hope this game is with a, a fever team. Could be. Oh. Um, no, I thought, I thought about that as soon as he said it, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Seattle, are we still undefeated? I don't know. We are undefeated, Dave, in the WNBA. 4-0. and oh. Never lost. Well, technically, if you play the the money line you gave out, but they were like minus like five hundred, you technically be five and zero. Oh. Yeah. So I mean, we'll take five and zero, yeah. oh, Dave. Four and zero. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're a talent, you take those, buddy. Um, <laughs> uh, Seattle and Chicago uh, under 162 points. Is that Dave Esser's WNBA lock of the week? Absolutely. Rowdy, put me in. You know what, Dave? You, you, I think you're kind of becoming a bad influence on some of the listeners because uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I had a, a, a listener message me yesterday, and he said, 174 in this Liberty Dream game. Is that too many? And my response, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to talk to Dave about it. We had to get Dave's blessing. Dave, yeah, what, was the, what, was the, what was the under you just gave, by the way? Seattle, Chicago, under 162. Seattle, Chicago, under 162. I'll have to wait till noon when it's posted. Dave, we are in, buddy. Rowdy, if you could be so kind uh, to, to to mark that down and put it in for me, I would really appreciate that. You're in. Yeah. Every, everything, let it Woo! ride. Let All of it. Let it ride. Put that, what is it, 30, how much? Roughly $36. Put that $36 on it, baby, and let's go. Dave? Yeah, I think uh, you can probably get away with taking the Twins and the Royals over at nine and a half before it goes to ten tonight. Take it. And the, the market's a little funny on that one. I might be tempted to take the Royals run at one line, but I got to do a little more work on that. But if, if uh, Sonny Gray is pitching against Kansas City, who's horrible, and you know he opened at one seventy and he's down to one fifty five at a couple of books, I'm thinking the Royals run line that could be the that could be the PGG, the public disaster of the day. Uh, the Kansas City Royals. We'll, we'll take them. I love it, Dave. Dave. Yeah. Who do you got in the three M Open? Who do you who do you who do you pick? Um, I, I'm embarrassed to tell you because one of them is probably not going to make the cut. But Dave, if we all there, there's losers sometimes in life. You know, you can't win them all. It's fine. You're in, you're in the circle of trust. You're in the nest. You're fine. You can tell me. I'm in the circle of trust. Um, we shared we, we shared cherry bombs together. It's fine. That's that's true. That's true. Nelson sent me a picture of that hole that we eagled too, sort of <laughs> as a friendly a friendly reminder that it can be done. Yeah, there's some um, good memories there on that hole. Yeah, there are cherry bomb memories actually. Cherry bombs, uh, cherry bombs, cherry bombs and eagles. Framed. Cherry bombs and eagles, baby. Yeah, there you go. That that should be a foreigner song. Um, <laughs> Um, I, I, uh, but I think John Mellencamp might have done it first. Um, <laughs> hey, that was pretty good. That's a good huh? call. Um, thank you, thank you. Um, I don't have Kevin Spielman. I, I do have Hideki. Oh. I do have Emiliano Grillo. So we have hope. But I also had Austin Eckroat, who I believe was plus three yesterday. And that one is one that we won't talk about any further. All right, Dave. I'll forget. <laughs> I'll forget that it was even brought up. Okay. It's like uh, Men in yeah. Black, the mind erasers. Yeah. It's great being a child on your show because you just delete things that aren't good. I mean, you, I don't you guys you, make me. Look, I don't know what you're talking about. Better. I don't know what you're talking about, exactly. Dave. Exactly. I have no idea what you're talking about. That little button on your like on your on your bottom left. I mean, that's. That's very helpful. I don't even know what button you're talking about. It doesn't exist. I know you don't. I know you don't. You're great. You're a great, Dave. Speaking of great, you golfing this weekend, brother? Uh, no. Oh, yeah, you're doing um, your family thing. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, I golfed Wednesday, played um, not real well, but I hit 14 of 13 to 14 fairways and didn't lose a ball. So my score was better than I actually hit the ball. <laughs> hey, Dave, uh, before that you go, you, you uh, cordial with your in laws? You guys got a good relationship, or is it uh, going to be pain to misery? What's it like with the in laws for you? Oh, that was yesterday, and I, it oh. was kind of a little, little of all of the above. Okay. I mean, you know, they all came together to meet my wife. I hadn't seen her in a while, and I'm kind of like the third wheel a little bit. But um, <laughs> a couple of them are kind of good looking, so it really wasn't that bad. You know, I had, Beautiful. I had, I had eye candy for a distraction. There you go. Um, good you know, genetics there on the left side, then. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, well, I'm not going to go. I'm not even going to comment on that. Um, <laughs> well, David, my, 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 my wife's still up in the room sleeping, so I can, but I won't. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're... On, on, the off, on the off chance that Steve from Edgerton needs more blackmail material. That's, Dave, you're a smart man, obviously. Dave, we love you. Pregame.com. Dave underscore wrestling on Twitter. The uh, winner's take with Rowdy. New one come out today. I want you to have a great time with your mother today as well, Dave. All right? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Give her, give her our best. All right. I'll do that. I, I may, I may, I may even go back and play the play the play the the, the over the line podcast that Ronnie puts up for. Us. So no, I can't. Oh, do she'll that. be impressed. Oh yeah, she'll be yeah, impressed. I, I can't. She's impressed by everything I do. She's my mother. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean that's 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 a good point. Dave, we love yeah. you, buddy. Have a great weekend. All right. All right, you guys too. Thanks. Love you guys. Yeah, much love, Dave. They say RJ again, a boy's best friend is his mother. I mean, one person says that. Was he right or was he wrong? I don't know. I feel like he was wrong. <laughs> yeah, he got a little stabby, didn't he? He did. Yeah. And kept his mom, like, in the house. After she was dead. Yeah, they dressed up as her. He did. Excited for this. Tonight and tomorrow, Jeremy Piven, comedy on state, but here in studio. Jeremy, good morning, my friend. How are we doing today, brother? I'm good, man. How are you guys? I'm great. Uh, We were talking uh, some Aaron Rodgers today, talking a little Packers. Yes. We have not, one of our main staples here is making fun of the Chicago Bears. Uh-huh. And uh, okay. I do believe you are a diehard Chicago Bears fan. Fortunately or, or, or unfortunately. Uh, actually, you know, this, uh, uh, you know, just like with the Cubs, we always say, you know, next year. I, I'm just trying to, I, I, it's almost like this is my first time on the radio. Oh, there we go. We're also being filmed. Okay, great. I love it. That's a great thing. Streaming about, live on Twitch. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Good to know. That great thing, <laughs> you know, they used to say you've got a face for radio, but now you can't even do that because your face will be projected everywhere. It is. The glasses you got to show off, dude. Those are some badass sunglasses. Thank you, man. As I, we were talking off air, like, you know, there are no direct flights, so I've had 11 <laughs> minutes sleep, and I don't, you know, I look like a Sharpay right now. Hey, looking it's good, man. It's a disaster. By the way, happy belated birthday. Was Thank that you, two, man. two days ago? Uh, yesterday. Yes, kind of July, together, right? Yeah, July 26th. Yeah, happy belated birthday. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Now, uh, I did look up your uh, your date of birth, so the year. Uh, you were alive for the last time the Bears were relevant, 1985. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that one hurt. You know, you know, man, you know, we're like you guys. We're so loyal to our teams. Yeah. You know, that... You know, the guys, I, I, you know, had Jim McMahon on my podcast and, you know, people were very loyal to our guys. We still remember all of them. They'll never buy a drink again the rest of their lives in Chicago. What about and, Jay Cutler or Mitch Trubisky? Would you buy them a drink? Um, I think people need to, to give Jay a few less drinks. I'm a, I'm a Jay one, guy. That, that's just one man talking. No, I, I did, that was a terrible shot. Don't need to do that. <laughs> Re- rewind. Um, no, I, I, I love them all. The reality is these guys are all elite athletes. Oh, they, yeah. they were the best athlete on every field they ever walked on. And, you know, there are a bunch of different variables that contribute to whether a team wins or, or doesn't. And, you know, it's your guy's job to critique them and, and to make lists of the best 10 of all time. We have no list here. We're not battle no, no all that list stuff. here. But, you know, the reality is that, yeah, it was difficult watching, you know, Aaron Rodgers beat our Bears for years. So, you know, we got Justin Fields now. We got some receivers. We got some offensive linemen. And, you know, we could make a run for it. Hope springs eternal. Indeed. So Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, boogeyman to boogeyman for the Chicago Bears. How does it feel now with the Jordan Love uh, fronting the Green Bay Packers now? Is it uh, is is the nightmare over for Chicago and the Bears? We don't know much about Jordan Love to be honest with you. So anything's possible, and we'll see what this what that system looks like with another quarterback. Um, I remember talking to Brian Urlacher about. You know what it was like. I mean, he was one of the one of the greatest linebackers of all time. Oh, he's the man. Was this pre hair or post hair for Brian Urlacher? Oh, uh, this this was this was pre hair, okay. and he would just say that Aaron Rodgers was so good and so scary on the field because you would hear him laughing. He said it would freak him out because he was so comfortable and confident. He would just laugh, yeah. and it really freaked everyone out. And he has a certain calmness about him. And you know, say what you will about him. Uh, he's a, br- a brilliant quarterback. 
um, who's had an incredible career, and we'll see, you know, what this next act looks like. Would you do ayahuasca with him? Absolutely. Same. Thousand percent. We'll get it worked out. Me, you, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, ayahuasca. Let's go. Six to eight hour journey. I, I mean, I, I love his journey, and, and so do I. It's, it's, it's Packer know. fans. Want to, I call them. There's Packer fans and there's cheeseheads. Uh, Packer fans are the smart ones. Cheeseheads are the you know shoot from the hip kind of emotional ones. The cheeseheads are spitting on Aaron Rodgers' name now that he spurned them, turned their back on him to go to the New York Jets. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know that that's that's a lot of pain. That they're dealing with, and they need to do ayahuasca. Know, they, they need to exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. You know, and you know, you 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 can't have anything forever. Aaron was yours for many years. Enjoy those moments, yeah. and you know, Aaron's doing a little self reflection and doing some plant medicine and and doing the hard work and and bless him and totally. And we, <laughs> so Jeremy, let me. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it, dude. I absolutely love it. So, Jeremy, I'm just let, kidding. I was like, I, I'm just kidding. I love it. I, I listen. The reality, that's the that's the real Bears fan coming out right there. That's the real. Look at. I grew up, you know, as a kid watching the Bears and and you know the Walter Paytons of the world yeah. and all these great players and and the Jim McMahons and 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 all these guys and it's a part of my childhood. You guys, you know, the the Packers is all part of your childhood. You know, it's totally. you know, so yeah. so there's enough for all of us. And I have this emotional connection we all do to our teams. Yeah. You know? And so yeah, Aaron beat our teams a lot. But it's that's a part of evolving and oh, grow, yeah. growing up. It's part of the story. Letting go. Yeah. Let's all let go. For, see, the you're love being a, of God. for a Bears fan, you're being a little too nice about Rodgers. Then you have to drop that one no, on us, which we, I appreciate no, that. Because because I ha- you, you have to evolve and grow up for yourself. Totally. You gotta forgive. Oh, yeah. You're forgiving for yourself, not for other people. Gotta let go of the past. Let go. Make new memories. But that being said, I'm going to grab a microphone tonight at Comedy on State, and I'm going to work through all this pain. Totally. And uh, Comedy on State, we do have some uh, two pairs to give away for the Late Show coming up here, and there's still some available for the 10 p.m. slot. You go to madisoncomedy.com for I it all. I think we got like 11 tickets left, so let's go. Call, so, get your tickets. Let's. I'll meet you over there. We'll take pictures. We'll hang out. But, yeah, I would love to. Can we have a beer with you? Does Jeremy Piven would he be acceptable to open you, to beers? You know what? I would be open to it. I'm going to be drinking some adult beverages, probably some mezcal because. Ooh. Yeah, I know it sounds it's it's, it's weird, but let me give you a little. Tr- the 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 hack about mezcal is that it has half the sugar of tequila, so you drink it, you have a great time, and you don't have a hangover. I had that's mezcal. my little tip for you. I had a tamarind and mezcal drink last night. There you go, and it was. I love the smokiness of it. And how do you feel? You feel good. But never better. I've never felt better. There you go. So uh, I know it's been a long time in the making, and a lot of people uh, for, you know, your acting career really want to see this. When are we going to get the goods live harder, sell harder, too? (laughs) When are we going to get a sequel to Don Reddy and and the goods? You know, it's, you know, and and you. I love that movie. It's a great movie. I love that movie. Your scene about the smoking on the airplane. Yeah. I listened to it yesterday. I was ready to run through a brick wall with a marb red in my mouth. There you go. You know what, man? We we need movies like that, like old school. I've been lucky to be a part of a lot of great, you know, comedies that people miss all that. They miss the edgy, yeah. fun comedy. What's the last real comedy to come out like that? It's been so long. It, like, ha- it, ha- it has comedy been Comedy has taken this, this hit. Uh, in culture right now, and it's it saddens me. And even I see people on when you're on stage, people will be like, "You can't say that. That's offensive." It should be offensive. That's a, that's part of comedy if it's done right, right, and tastefully. A- absolutely. And and what's interesting about that is that people want to laugh so badly, and they miss it. So that's why you see people doing sequels and 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 you know doing reboots because people now are going well where's the stuff that we we connected to and we miss yeah and so that's why they're doing that and you know if you know people if they you know they run a business and so if they want to get the people to tune in they've got to do stuff that connects with the audience and sometimes you know when you're doing edgy stuff you're going to lose a few people and that's fine. Like yeah. that's fine. Like right. you want to weed out the weaklings along the way. That's right. So for me personally, when I look at you know out there, I'm sick of the Marvel movies. I'm sick of the you know it's it's the same story, just new CGI and generic this and that and that. I need something to like to grab my attention, something that's different, something that's unique. And comedy does that. And there has not been like a comedy movie like what was the Goods that was 2009, I think when it came out. 
I think 2010 and past that, like we were talking, when's the we last like, time? We were trying to come up with like some of those big time comedies that everyone loved them. And it was like, I think The Hangover was the last I, one. I we, think it was 2010. Yeah, so it's like, you, is, know, you got PCU, you know, you got old school, like you said, you have right. the goods. So that's why, you know. I, well, that's why like with, with Entourage, it was about five years ago with the movie came out and people are like, just give me one more season. Yeah. But, you know, what's funny about Ari Gold is, is, you know, him navigating this culture would be very challenging. Oh, yeah. So that, but that in itself would be fascinating to watch. Yeah. You know, Lloyd would be his politically correct consultant. <laughs> you know, Ari, you can't say that. You're going to offend the community. Well, I'm, 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 I am a part of the gay community. No, you're not, Ari. Just bring it down. You know, it's just, just for a moment, focus on the pronouns. You know what I mean? He'd be like, your pronoun is has and been. You're a has been. You know, you, you, and, and, you know, it would write itself. Yeah. And, and people, you know, it's like they're, the, you know, if someone is leery about putting that on the air, well, guess what? You're, 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 the audience would, would flock to it. Yeah. And at a certain point, I think it's going to come back because I hope they so. got to tune in, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a business. Well, no matter what you do, I would say this, the haters are never mad enough. So no matter what you do, there will always be someone trying to bring you down. So even if you make like a new you know, cutting edge or like how comedy used to be movie, no matter what happens, you're still going to have people detracting from it, but you can have more people that love it. Right. People are scared to give it to the people that love it because they want to cater to the people that don't like it. But they're a small minority compared to the people that would love it. And and you're right. And the people that take a chance on something, if you know you you can connect with an audience, you got to take a chance on it. Exactly. And you're going to win. So we can't. Basically, what we've uncovered today, guys, is you can't operate out of fear. No one wins no. when you operate out of fear. And that can you know go back to Aaron Rodgers. He's so confident and he has clarity, clarity of intent, and he's obviously put the work in, and that's part of why he played on such a high level. It's when you're creating, when I'm on stage, if I'm not totally present and in the moment and ready to go in any direction, I'm not going to work to the best of my ability. If I'm self-conscious and operating out of fear, I'm going to be operating on my floor. Now, my floor is very high because I am an elite performer. That's right, baby. I am. You know what I'm saying? That's right, baby. You're the Aaron (laughs) Rodgers of comedy. That's the confidence. That's the confidence. Well, but then, you know, confidence comes from logging the hours, you know, and... and, The work you put in. Yeah, indeed, and having that muscle memory and then trusting it. I feel like this is the worst TED Talk ever, by the way. (laughs) This this could be the greatest TED Talk ever. (laughs) We're we're in Wisconsin. Where's our beer? Where's our breakfast beer? Let's go. Hey, so what uh, what people obviously going to pack the house tonight and tomorrow at Comedy on State uh, for a... You know, for a Jeremy Piven show, besides what we just broke down there, the confidence to get up there and do it, the muscle memory, and just the wherewithal to give people the double birds in their face, be like, if you don't like it, tough crap. <laughs> what can we expect tonight and tomorrow from you, my man? Besides just pure gold. Well, exactly, pure gold. <laughs> That'd be a good name for the for the tour. Feel um, free, you can use it's it. A, it's a double entendre, if you will. <laughs> um, stories, you know, from the set of, like, I have this crazy long... Uh, story about you know filming uh, Rush Hour and then and then doing working with Mike Tyson on on Entourage like a lot of behind the scenes stories that are really fun and surreal yeah and then I do impressions and I grew up in Chicago right next to you guys yeah. um, I my summers were spent in Elkhart Lake Wisconsin oh so you're one of those fibs do you know what a fib is no effing Illinois bastard. It's the one where they come up to Wisconsin, uh, they pollute our waters, you know, they take up all our traffic, they're, you know, thumbing their nose in Wisconsin at us. You're fed. Um, <laughs> I, I was called... And that's with all due I respect, called, by the way. I was called a NARP at the gym by my trainer, and I said... What's a NARP? Exactly. And she said, uh, you're a non-athletic regular person. And I said, well, you're... <laughs> <laughs> and what did her eyes do? Um, they get a little it, wide. It, 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 I didn't train there again. It was oh. awkward. No, um, no. <laughs> the training so, session was over. No, it was over. <laughs> no. Um, so, listen. I I went to a theater camp, which is a theater. It, it was the ideal camp for me. It was Camp Shy in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. It was theater and acting and sports and for the Jewish kids, for me, 
for the it was like I was living the dream. It was like they I, I, I drew it up. It's like God said here. It's a very tight it's a very small little window to yeah. be athletic and and an artist and Jewish. It's like I think there's like four of us. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a real niche group, you know. It's a very niche group. You know what I mean? I think I do. I think I do. Hey, he goes to Elkhart Lake. Yeah, you know I he actually does? know that area pretty well. He just gets, he just gets bombed up some alcohol it's, and pass out in a bush. It's beautiful out there, isn't that, it? That wasn't me. That was a buddy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that lake up there, I, I have a buddy who has a uh, basically a cottage up there. So it's it's, uh, it's a good time, nice area. Yeah, it's a great area, man. So I was, you know, one of those guys who was just going to camp there. That's all I was doing. But no, we're, you know, we're Midwest people. Yeah. And when you go to Hollywood, they get a little confused because they confuse your kindness for weakness, obviously. Sure. But like, we're all kind of in it together. We're all about community. We work hard. We play hard. And they're not all like us out there, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jeremy, unbelievable time. Thanks so much for coming in. We appreciate it. Check you out tonight um, at the Comedy Club and tomorrow, obviously. Any, any parting shots before you go out of here for Aaron Rodgers, the Packers? or No, listen, I, I, <laughs> I, I wish you guys the best. Change is hard. Transition. we got to show love to, to, to love. Yeah. And and I'll be back, and I'll see you guys at Comedy on State. And your podcast as well. I, I don't want to uh, forget about that. Your podcast out there, um, how can people get a hold of that? It's like how, everywhere podcasts are how podcasting. How you live in Jay Piven. And by the way, my new movie about the first black player in the NBA is called Sweetwater. Yeah. I play the coach of the New York Knicks. Um, the cast is incredible. Kevin Pollack, I'm sure you yeah. guys know him from the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and yep. Carrie Elways and a bunch of brilliant actors. And that drops on Hulu September 1st. Awesome, dude. And so check it out. Thank you guys for the time. Yeah, thank you so much, man. This is a pleasure. It was great. It, it was an honor. I couldn't wait to drop the Don Reddy, the goods on you. I it's love literally, it. Literally, literally one of my favorite movies. Thank like, you, man. I throw it up there. Well, it's the one you turn on and see on TV. You can't, you can't stop watching. Maybe as a series, it could work. We have UFC. It's the big event. Two ninety one. Yeah, Two ninety one. That's what it was. Two ninety one. Uh, is this a? Is this BMF? It it is. Oh, oh baby. Oh, baby. I'm, I'm looking forward to this, Dan. You have Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, too. You know it's going to be a war. Oh, yeah. I mean, without a doubt. Like, when people uh, try to do their little complaining about the BMF title and this and that, I mean, it might be a novelty belt, but it's a novelty belt that can only be given to certain individuals. And when you talk about a guy like Dustin Poirier, you talk about most knockouts in UFC lightweight history. You talk about most knockdowns in UFC lightweight history. You talk about most fight-of-the-night bonuses in UFC history. So I think that's a good qualification for him to fight for the BMF title. And then what about on the other side with Justin Gaethje? We're looking at the guy with the highest significant strike accuracy percentage in UFC lightweight history, and he's got the most consecutive bonuses in UFC lightweight history. So, I mean, these guys are certified BMFs. Who who complains about BMF and why, Dan? Why do they claim, complain about the baddest MF or out there? Only the losers. <laughs> they, they literally complain about everything, man. I mean, it's like they it's like they won't even pay attention to the fight itself. They'll just be talking about, well, this BMF belt is real. And it's like, um, have you ever seen Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje fight before? <laughs> Dan, you're one bad MF or two, by the way. Let's not uh, get that twisted, okay? Um, so, looking down this card, Dan, what are you one eyeing up? You're like, yeah, I can find some value. I can find some money in this one. What's Dan looking at? Listen, man, last time I was scheduled to come on your show, I had to do a last-minute cancellation. So, this time, I'm going to come out here and give you all five bets. <laughs> That's because um, you're one bad MF or Dan. You know, and uh, let's start off with on the main card. You know, we, we all used to love Tony Ferguson, man. I mean, he used to really come out there and put on the kind of fights that the fans wanted to see. And at one point, he had the longest win streak in UFC lightweight history. But now he's trying to break the record for biggest losing streak in UFC lightweight history. And uh, we're going to capitalize on that. So we're going to take his opponent, Bobby Green, who, listen, Bobby Green might be towards the end, but Tony Ferguson is past the end so this is simply a fade on tony ferguson uh, i'm gonna take bobby green and i'm gonna parlay him with someone fighting next week a young prospect i've had my eyes on named ignacio bahamondes so you're gonna parlay them um and it's pretty close to even money and uh yeah that's gonna be a nice little score that's, that's the first one how long did it take you to learn that dude's name 
<laughs> How much time you got? <laughs> well, we're here till 10. <laughs> just, just spell it phonetically on a whiteboard. We'll figure it out, Dan. <laughs> what else you got coming up for your, uh, your, uh, your five badass picks? All right, so that's one. Next one. And, you know, this one hurts my feelings, too, because just like we have to fade one of our favorite fighters in Tony Ferguson, we got to fade another one of our favorite fighters in Derek the Black Beast Lewis, you know, the guy with the most knockouts in UFC history. But one of my favorite angles, gentlemen, is catching these fighters on their retirement fight when they're truly on their way out. But their name and the memories that their name produces oftentimes gives you a discount on the line. Now, I moved in on uh, Marcos Rogerio de Lima at minus 175. Now, it's currently minus 230, so there's not much value on it anymore. But, man, I still think the way he's going to perform is going to actually look like an even bigger favor. So I took him straight, but if someone wants to throw him in a parlay now at the new price, I completely understand. But I, I took him straight. Took him straight up. Rowdy, you giving approvals over here? You're nodding? You're just... Yeah, I, I normally I like... Dan and I are pretty on the same wavelength here going through it. And he, he looks at this stuff and is way more in-depth than I am. So I would always uh, nod in approval to what he has to say. Dan, you are the man. How about that number three pick you got for us, homie? All right. So the next bet is in the Coleman event. And we're going to take Alex Pereira to defeat Jan Blachowicz. And it's a similar theme, guys. Listen, I don't think Jan Blachowicz is anywhere near as washed as a Tony Ferguson or as a, a Derek Lewis. However, um, I've been on a fading Jan tour his last few fights. And I've, I've gotten the short end of the stick on, like, fluky situations. For example, I bet on Rakic against him. Rakic blows his knee out. I bet on Ankalaev against him. Ankalaev clearly wins the fight. They call it a draw. Hmm. Third time is going to be the charm. This guy, Alex Pereira, is moving up from 185 pounds where you'd think, oh, so he's going to be the smaller guy. No, actually, he was cutting way too much weight at 185. 205 is his right weight class, and I think with the extra weight, his takedown defense is going to be better. There's going to be extra power in those hands. And I think that, you know, if you're sitting in the first, you know, five to ten rows, you might catch Jan Blachowicz's head when that left hook lands. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. He's actually, you mentioned it, he's physically taller than Jan Blachowicz. He just was an insanely huge middleweight. Yeah, this is a big boy. I don't think he'll ever make 185 pounds ever again in his life. <laughs> Dan, uh, you can check out his podcast, uh, Half the Battle, at, at Twitter as well, at Best Fight Picks. Like, I get these are extreme athletes. Like, these are the best of the best in their sport, Dan. But sometimes you look at these guys, whether they be 145 pounds or they're, you know, the 185 or 205, and you look at them and you go, how do you only weigh that? Yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, weight cutting, there's truly a science behind it, and it just takes so much discipline. So, you know, these guys, they really put it all out there, you know, just for our entertainment. Well, Dan, um, I'm looking at a picture of, when was this of you? Are you trying to cut a little weight by shaving your beard? Was Did you shave the beard, Dan? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's one of my, my biggest mistakes. You know, the, the, the Russian beard gave me a big edge in my grappling. You know, I've really, I've really felt it these last few days at the gym. You know, I've been getting my, uh, my behind kicked. And, uh, now that the facial hair is growing back, I just see that strength multiplying. So from now on, you know, lesson to anybody that's wrestling or doing jujitsu, keep the beard. The beard adds power. <laughs> yeah. Here's someone walks into, uh, Dan's jujitsu gym and he goes, Man, they got this Dagestani wrestler. <laughs> he's, he's, he's over there as a purple belt. <laughs> well, Dan, the picture I'm looking at is you and five black belts. So uh, I can understand how you got tossed around a little bit. I don't think it was the beard shaving. I don't know. Maybe it's the you know the the black belts that are there with you in the gym. How's it going, by the way? No. No, it, it was definitely the beard, gentlemen. It, <laughs> it, 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 it has nothing to do with the fact that they were black belts, not only a purple belt, right? Your beard was basically like a dad's New Balance shoes, or is it like you add like a uh, like a like a like a tailspin on a tailfin on a car? It adds like five extra horse. Is that what happens too? Like you put a beard on, you're stronger. I mean, that's literally what it is, gentlemen. And now that you know we're five days removed from that picture, or so and. The beard's grown back a little bit. You know, today we're going to test ourselves against those same five black folks. And, uh, I'm here to let you know, gentlemen, they're going to be asking me if I'm Russian. They're going to be asking me if I'm Dagestan. Hey, Dan, uh, I'm going to ask you about this. What about that fourth bet you have of your uh, five of them? How about that transition, baby? Uh, 
So we got two left, right? Yep. So this next one, we're going to take an underdog here. We're going to take this kid, Vinicius Salvador. He's very hungry to get his first UFC victory. And he's taking on a guy of CJ Vergara who looks CJ Vergara. He's got that dog in him, but he gets rocks or hurt every single fight. And, you know, to, to back a guy like that at a favorite price, I mean, are you guys trying to hold on? Are you guys trying to buckle your seatbelts on a couch? Cause I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to wear my seatbelt or my life vest when I'm sitting on my couch. You know what I'm saying? Like I want a sweat, a sweat free, or at least I want something that's going to be honest. I want someone that's going to go out there and fight for my money, but cover the price tag while doing so. And that's why I'm taking Vinicius Salvador, man. He's got an opponent that gets hurt, gets rocked every single fight. When CJ Vergara wins fights, they're often comebacks. You're not trying to lay chalk on no comeback. So, uh, we're going with the underdog here, Benicio Salvador, and I think he's getting his first UFC win tomorrow. And, Dan, I do believe, as we're up to the final one, you saved the best for last. Hit me, baby. Yeah, so, uh, listen, we're going to we're gonna take this kid, Matthew Semmelsberger. Um, now, I beat the line by a good bit. You know, I bet it around minus 165-ish, and now he's minus two-something. So I understand, you know, for, for some of y'all real betters out there, I understand there's a big difference you know, betting it in the 60s and betting it in the 200s. However, the reason that I bet him in this spot is, number one, he's taking on this kid, Yurosh Medic, who is a very good striker. I respect him a lot. However, Matthew Simmelsberger has one of the highest knockdown rates in the welterweight division. He's had eight UFC fights. In those eight UFC fights, he scored nine knockdowns. Now, they call him Semi the Jedi. And my whole thing was, man, if this guy wasn't a Jedi, if he joined the dark side, he might have 10-plus knockdowns. So <laughs> this guy has dynamite in his hands. And to take it a step further, just in case the striking isn't going his way, he's got that option. He's a former football player. He's got the option to mix in that football tackle, get on top of these guys, and ride out the rounds just in case things aren't going uh, his way on the feet standing. But, gentlemen, based on his knockdown rate, I think he's going to be fine everywhere the fight goes. So I took Matthew Semmelsberger. Dan, just a fountain of knowledge. Absolutely love it, dude. Uh, half the battle of the podcast. Uh, best fight picks on Twitter. Now, um, I was scrolling through your Twitter account, Dan, and uh, I saw this. Now, something that uh, we have in common this weekend is we root for the Milwaukee Brewers. You root for the Atlanta Braves. The Milwaukee Brewers oh. are in Atlanta starting tonight. I don't know, Dan, a little Brazilian steak. Go see the ball game. The Brewers beat the Braves, obviously, uh, down in Atlanta. Watch a little UFC. What do you think? Has Dan got some Brewers and Braves on the brain this weekend? Hey, firstly, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up, you Thank know, you. because every time you bring that up, I got to bring up how we gave you our all-star catcher, William Wild Bill Contreras. And, you know, Wild Bill, his first at-bat against the Braves a few days ago when we were in Milwaukee, I mean, I know y'all saw that double off the wall. I know y'all saw the way he's playing. And, uh, man, y'all got such a such a talent. The kid's young. He's hungry. should have won that he's, series. He's already got... Uh, World Series champion experience. He's got All Star experience. So he's, he's gonna be. He's, I like how you use that little bit of a shot. It's like he's already got World Series. Yeah, is that a shot because we don't have know, one? pedigree? Because that was also the year where the Brewers were really good in 2021, and then they got beat by the Braves first round. Yeah. What are you trying to do to us, Dan? We're trying to forget about painful memories. I mean, now you got that youth, you got that leadership, and this is a guy that's going to take your ball club far, man. So uh, definitely keep an eye on Wild Bill, and, and it's exciting to compete against them. So this weekend when Atlanta wins the series, Dude, at least you guys, you'll go back to Milwaukee, you'll know what you got to work on, and I look forward to seeing the Bra uh, the Brewers in the playoffs. Dan, when the Brewers sweep the Braves this weekend, I'll, I'll give you my number, and you can uh, you know, you know can send me your messages of how you're sad and depressed, and I'll talk you through it, okay? I'll talk you through it, no worries. You know, I'll tell you this, if the if the Brewers sweep the Braves this weekend, <laughs> next time I come on your show, we should we should do some kind of bet, like a uh, you know, I wish this was on video because then I, I do like a shoey bet. I was just you saying, know, we, we you put, drink out of a shoe sometimes. What is it? So, what is the shoey bet? I'll, I'll I'll be down for a shoey bet. Yeah, it's like an Australian tradition. Like they they pour a whole beer into a shoe and they drink the beer out of the shoe. And I've been doing <laughs> shoey bets. Um, you know, uh, and and I did it with an eleven percent stout. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to let them know that we weren't drinking light beer around here. Is this so, a war? Uh, is like a shoe you're, uh, that's currently on your foot, or is it like you can pick the shoe? Like how does this work for the shoe? Yeah, I mean, I'm not Australian, so I don't know the, the nitty-gritty <laughs> of the details. But uh, I, I took a little shoe. And, and there, you know, there's, there's, Were you wearing the there's, shoe, or did you get it out of your closet? 
Uh, no, I took it out of my closet. Okay, I, I ain't messing up. I ain't messing up the knife. You know that. Yeah, of course. No, of course not. But uh, you know, you put a little tin foil inside the shoot so you don't ruin oh, it as okay. much. And, okay. I feel know, like it almost yeah. gives it a little bit of its own special flavor if you're using like some old shoe that's you know game worn here. Just, oh yeah, well that's what the Australians do, and then they spit in it as well. Now I didn't do all that extra stuff, but uh, that's the real way to do it. I'm glad I'm not Australian. Is at the end of the day, I think is what we're saying. Aren't you Dagestanian? Same here, mate. Same here, mate. <laughs> you call that a knife? That's my extent of Australian. <laughs> Dan, you are uh, the absolute man, a legend. Uh, people, again, I know I said it a couple times, but I want you to say it yourself. How can people get a hold of all your awesome stuff, Dan? Did you say I'm the man alleged or a legend? Alleged. Uh, there's no alleged. You are a legend. A legend. Not alleged. A legend. So, so allegedly I'm the man. No, but guys, thank you all so much for having me. Uh, you know, it, it's a pleasure as always. Um, I'm hoping that we can come through with these bets. You know, five is a lot of bets. So, like, guys, exercise proper money management, proper discipline, <laughs> and let's get it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks and then my podcast. Half the Battle is available everywhere podcasts are found. And my YouTube channel is also called Half the Battle. And it's available everywhere YouTube is found. So make sure you all type in Half the Battle and you'll find me. Thank you guys again. Dan, the man, a legend. We love you, Dan. Have a great weekend and go Brew Crew. <laughs> Take care, gentlemen. See you, buddy. <laughs> there he is, Dan. Uh, best fight picks. Half the Battle. Good stuff right there. He's, he's funny. And that beard that he has, <laughs> I'm kind of glad he shaved it because – I don't know if he can grow a mustache or he can't grow, but he, it's, it's, it's the beard, but no mustache. Like, Grant Bills has a beautiful mustache. Like, but here's the thing. People that grow beards but no mustache, the Amish. The Amish. The Dagestani Russians. Yep. LeBron James. LeBron. Um, I can't even grow a beard or a mustache, so I'm I'm none of those. Uh, those are the that, those are the three groups or people that come to mind when I when I see those type of beards. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I just I, I, listen. I'm like half jealous of Dan because he can grow like half a beard. I'm fully jealous of anyone that can grow a full beard. 